Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you can get podcasts. Jamie's Log, Progressive, The Harrington's Backyard, Day 27, 3.33 a.m. 3.33, all those threes mean something. Or I may be losing it. Been camped in the Harrington's backyard for 27 days now, proving the Progressive has 24-7 protection. They told me every day they understand what 24-7 protection means. Think I'm finally getting through to them. 3-3-3. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection. Just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome to Stacking the Box. To subscribe, hit us up on Google Play or iTunes or Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Thank you. Here is Stacking the Box. Stacking the Box, May 12, 2020 edition. The NFL schedule is out. We'll get into it in one second. But Matt Verderam, I got a question for you. Yes. Have you ever been to Steak and Shake? Uh, yes. Do you have a fondness for Steak and Shake? No, I mean, it's fine, but I don't know if I say I have a fondness. Okay, but I mean, a, a nice double cheeseburger with a, with a grilled onion and a fry and a milkshake. I mean, this is Americana, Verderam, and I'm just seeing, crossing on my timeline here, Steak and Shake permanently closing 57 locations due to the coronavirus. These are not easy times, Matt Verderam. It's not good. Um, the I mean, only I- one I've ever been to... Is in Indianapolis because it's the only place it's open at three o'clock in the morning uh, during the combine, and so uh, I've gone there a few times to close out the night, and I've seen some some interesting things that I can't say on record at Steak and Shake in Indianapolis at four a.m. Um, but uh, yeah, if they closed up that one, I'm going to be devastated. Well, and I've actually been to that same the same Steak and Shake. It's right downtown there, right? And courtesy of fan sided and Patrick Allen, I was once sent to Indy to get to ride in a Indy race car. And we stayed at a hotel and our first meal along with I Justine internet sensation was at steak and shake 
And it's something I'll never forget for Graham. Steak and Shake brought me a great meal, and I had I just steamed there. It was awesome. I'll tell you this, and I won't use the name because I, I, I can't, but <laughs> I went there. It's probably the second or third time I was there last year. Um, it was about 3.45 in the morning. Good times were had by all involved. And uh, step in there, and there's a line of people. And the line is like bottlenecking at the corner of the store before it wraps toward the front. And I can't figure out why. I can't see. And we got up there and there's a person literally face down on the floor just to sleep in line. And it was someone who was very prominent within NFL circles. The people were just stepping over this, this gentleman uh, to get their shake. It was quite an introduction to a uh, steak and shake. See, these things happen down in Indy. Combine, whatever's going on, you're going to have the, you know, it's a long season. You got to let loose. You're with your buddies. Then you're face down at Steak and Shake, but you're still committed to getting your Steak and Shake. That person was so committed, they passed out there. <laughs> so, yes, very committed. From all of us here at Stack in the Box and fan side, and to the people that uh, unfortunately are not going to be working at Steak and Shake, we wish you a quick find uh, to new employment, and we were going to miss all 57 locations all right nfl schedule matt Ferdinand, what was your biggest reaction you know i i thought overall the nfl did a really good job of making it fair for everybody i think last year there were a lot of complaints you know some teams like the raiders the buccaneers they didn't play a home game for almost two months and part of that was they had bye weeks and they were in london and they were technically the host teams but i thought the league did a good job this year of really mitigating that only a few teams had three games on the road um and, you know, I also thought, I know we'll talk about this here in a second, but, you know, there were some rumors the night prior to the schedule coming out that we were going to see the AFC versus NFC games go the first four weeks because if the NFL had to cut down the schedule due to the coronavirus, they could do that. And those are the games that have the least amount of uh, importance when it comes to, you know, playoff tiebreakers, things like that. They didn't do that. I mean, the NFL schedule pretty much is what you see every single year. There was not any deviation in terms of the format. In fact, you know, week one, the Bucs play the Saints. It's one of the biggest games of the year. So to me, it clearly was talking you know, to me that the NFL feels like, yeah, look, uh, you know, we're, we're going to be able to go ahead the way we want to go ahead. And, and so that was the biggest takeaway I had. So since you brought that up, let's dive into that a little bit, because the Super Bowl can be played on any Sunday in February. So it's, yes. it, it gives the NFL some level of flexibility on starting the season later. And there are no bye weeks, by the way, early in, earlier in the season. So if it does get pushed back considerably, then teams, I guess, would lose that bye week. But they, you know, the schedule, they've got games rolling here because they're expecting to play them either then or on the back end. Uh, I, it, there's flexibility here, but I think there's just... Jamie's Log. Progressive. The Harrington's Backyard, day 11, 4.43 a.m. The tent I set up in the Harrington's Backyard to prove Progressive has 24-7 protection has a rip in it. But a little rain won't stop me. Mrs. Harrington said she totally understands 24-7 protection means 24-7. Gonna stay a few more days to make sure. It's hailing now. That's fun. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection. Just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. A lot of questions going on out there. Like, how are they going to navigate if somebody tests positive? What's the plan for the NFL at that point? Because, you know, you, you saw Dr. Fauci talking about how many tests would be needed for the NFL. Let's just go ahead and assume they have that. Someone's testing positive at some point here. And, and oh, then what are they going to do? 
Well, that's a great question. Look, I, my feeling is I come down on it like this. I don't think the NFL is going to have any problem getting the amount of tests they want to get. If that's a quarter of a million. I don't think the NFL is having any problem doing it. I, I just, look, money talks. I, I agree. I they agree. I think they'll, now, they'll have the tests. Go ahead. So I don't think that's a problem. I don't think it's a problem for training camp because they just want to fans there and they'll just sequester these guys and do it anyway. So I don't think training camp's a problem. I don't think preseason games are a problem because if they have to, they'll just cancel them. They don't care. When you get to the regular season, though, you know, that's where it becomes more interesting. I don't, you know, there was talk, and I think I, Peter King wrote about this. Um, you know, do you fly teams into road games the day of the games? I mean, do you, you know, so you don't have to stay in the hotels. I, I don't know that how feasible that is for the longer trips. King was talking about it for two hours and under. Um, my feeling is by the time we get to the NFL season, and this is, of course, I mean, I don't know this medically. It's just a feeling. Um we will be in a place with this thing where we'll be able to handle it um, in a much better capacity. Now, I don't know if that's rapid test, if there's a treatment, but I, I think the NFL is going to play these games. I'd be very surprised if they don't. Well, there's so much money on the line here, and you're seeing what's going on in baseball, which I they have a tremendous opportunity, by the way, to take the stage right now, but they're, and they're fighting over dollars. But I, I'm going to guess that they come to a conclusion here because there's so much dough on the line, even without fans. Uh, so I think the NFL is going to do everything they can to play, but they're going to have to figure out what's going to be with testing positive. For me, like, look, you got a lot of old people around there, right, or people with underlying conditions. You're either, in my mind, going to – you're not going to be able to coach if you're over a certain age. Like, I would do something along those lines. And if for players who have underlying stuff, like in baseball – you got a guy in the Rockies who's had his spleen removed way more uh, susceptible to perhaps, you know, if he gets the virus, it's going to be a lot more trouble than somebody else. Maybe people like that can't play right now, as, as unfortunate as that would be. That's how I would look at it. Well, I think, again, it's going to come down to a lot of these independent doctors, team doctors looking at these guys, figuring it out. But it, look, there's going to be some challenges this year that we've never seen. And I think football has the advantage of time. They have the advantage of being able to watch baseball and what happens. They're going to be able to watch basketball and hockey if those two sports are able to finish their seasons. So I think that's the advantage you have. I mean, baseball, hell, they're, you know, they're going to try to play every day. I mean, th- that's the one thing, too. Like football, there's 16 games. It's once a week. It makes it easier throughout the week to handle that. Baseball, I mean, you're playing every single – what happens if Aaron Judge in, 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 uh, in New York, what if he tests positive? What do you do? You shut the whole team down? Do you just, you just quarantine him? So, you know, football is going to be able to look at this and watch this. I think it's easier for the NFL than it is college football as well because college football, it's still college. you got to factor in all these schools and everything else and all the students that these guys are around. The NFL is a pro business. I, I, I think it's going to be challenging. I think there will be some hiccups. But I think they're going to play all these games. I do. I wouldn't be shocked if there's fans out of either. Not a full stadium, but some capacity of fans at these games. That would be interesting if throughout the course of the season they start opening it up. And look, we see what's going on in the country right now. There's plenty of people that would run to the stadium right now with uh, you know everything else they're carrying around and their, the, uh, the different signs we're seeing about don't take away my freedom, which is pretty amazing. But uh, all right. People are stupid. Okay, I mean, let's let's call. I'm not even going to. People are morons. There was. Did you see the protest uh, outside of a Florida gym? All these people protesting that the gym should be open. They were outside working out. It's the only protest I've ever seen in my life that proves that you don't need what you're protesting for. Like, 
These people were outside working at you. You don't need a gym. You're doing squats in the parking lot. The level of selfishness slash stupidity that is going on right now in this country is it's not surprising, but it is frightening. And I'm quite frankly, I'm terrified. Like you you guys are going to be walking around the streets with your Uzis and walking into subway to get a sandwich. That does not make me feel safe. Sorry. And I'm not, I'm not signing up for that one. Can we get some gun control around here? It's, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. Uh, we can move on. Cause I know look, we're all here to talk about football, but listen, man, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm one who says, you know, we got to reopen the economy. But at the same point, like people who are like freaking out that they can't get a roast beef at Arby's need to just calm down. I mean, it's, it's OK. Your life's going to go on. Make yourself your own damn roast and, beef. And, and for the record, you can get a roast beef at Arby's. I waited in line on Sunday morning for a good 45 minutes, clicked on a podcast, should have listened to Stacking the Box again. Didn't go that route, but could have. And, so, and, I, and I got my bagels. I waited. Single file lines. Physical distancing. We did it all. All right, let's uh, let's get into the schedule. Which team do you think got the most favorable schedule in your mind, or teams? Ah, uh, listen, I think I think there were a few. I thought the Browns actually had a pretty good schedule. I thought you know now they open at Baltimore, so you'd say, well, how could that be a favorable schedule? But I always feel like if you're going to play really good teams, you're better off playing them early in the year. There's not as much, you know, there's not as much urgency. They're still kind of find themselves a little bit. I'd always rather play a really good team week one than week fifteen. Always, every single time. Um, so I thought the Browns, if you look at it, it's just, it's a soft schedule later in the year. There's a, one stretch where they're home for a month because they have a couple of games at home and a bye week. Um, and then they go on the road for the first time. They play Jacksonville. So like, I thought, I thought they had a pretty nice slate. Um, you know, I thought, you know, when you looked around the league, you know, I'll give you, I thought the bears, quite honestly, I thought the bears had a really good slate. You know, they start at the Lions. It's a winnable game on the road. Then you get the Giants at home should win that game. Falcons on the road, okay, not easy, but but winnable. Colts at home, and then the Buccaneers at home, which is not easy, but it's it's a Thursday night game, and so you get the Bucks on a short week. Maybe they're still trying to find their chemistry, and then at the Panthers, like those six games to me, like the Bears could win all those games. I'm not saying I think they're going to be six and zero, oh, but could they be four and two? Yeah, sure, absolutely, they could be. So those were a couple of teams that stood out for me. So. It just, it's interesting that you brought up the Bears because I didn't want to be a homer on it, but I thought the Bears schedule was like, they, they have a great chance to get off to a phenomenal start, yep. and which makes it even more interesting as we're going to talk about their quarterback situation coming up here. I was looking at the Ravens, too, uh, from the other side. You got Kansas City early in the season at home. I think the Browns could be a sleeper team this year. No one's really talking about Cleveland. You got to play them early. You're you're on the road at Houston, and I know the Texans haven't had a great offseason, but that's not going to be an easy game here. So yeah. when I think about the Ravens and whether or not they're going to be in the mix with the Chiefs at the top of the AFC, that that schedule is. I mean, it, it softens up a little bit with Washington and Cincinnati. But then you got to go to Philly. What's Pittsburgh going to look like? I mean, I think that whole division right now is is wide open, right? So. Um, I look at that, and and you also have Dallas coming in uh, later in the year. So Baltimore's going to, I think, going to be hard pressed to reduplicate, if you will, what they did last year. That falls under the which teams got screwed. Who do you think got screwed? You know, I actually thought one of the tougher schedules in the league. Now, part of this is just you know the opponents that they play, but like I think the Bills' schedule is brutal. I mean, you look at the Bills' schedule. Okay, so. They start out fairly easy, right? They get the Jets at home, at the Dolphins home for the Rams. So that could be 3-0, certainly should at least be 2-1. and one. 
Then they have three at the next four weeks are on the road. At the Raiders, cross country. At the Titans, not easy. The home game is a Thursday night game against Kansas City. Then they go to the Jets. And then their schedule is the Pats, the Seahawks, at the Cardinals all the way across the country. They got a bye. And then in the December schedule, at the Niners, home to the Steelers, at Denver, at New England. That is that is a rough stretch. If Buffalo is going to get to the playoffs, and I think they're a good team, they're going to have to win a lot of games early for that week 11 bye, which is a late bye. Because you look, I don't care who you are, at San Francisco on Monday Night Football, home to the Steelers, at Denver, week 15, it's going to be a brutal weather game. And then at New England on Monday Night Football, that's a, that's a tough stretch, man. I, I think the Bills face uh, an uphill climb. And I'll give you one more real quick. Um, I think the Broncos' schedule is difficult. Uh, look, now, again, part of it is just who you play. It's just not, not necessarily how it falls. But Titans at home on Monday night, not easy. At Pittsburgh, home to Tampa. That's a tough way to start the year. Obviously, they also get Kansas City twice. In fact, uh, weeks 12 and 13, they get the Saints. And then they go at Arrowhead back-to-back. Um I thought they had a tough schedule. Oh, and Bill O'Brien, his first three weeks at Kansas City, home to Baltimore, at Pittsburgh. Have fun with that. And then home to Minnesota. That is as rough as it gets. You can make an argument that Bill O'Brien deserves it. Deshaun Watson does not, however. Uh, Hunter, by the way, is mentioning that the 49ers have to go to the Saints for the fifth time in the last sixth time they faced him in the regular season, which does not exactly seem like a fair balance right there, Matt Bertram. I, I was... You know, one of my biggest takeaways looking at the schedule, the Bears are on... Repeat after me. I, Kevin, take you, Susan. I, Kevin, take you, Susan. This is Jamie from Progressive. Jamie. No, it's all right. I can talk. Progressive protects you 24-7, which means you can contact us anytime. Hmm. I'm getting a loud shh sound, so I'm going to talk louder. What can I help you with today? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, Progressive can do that. Ugh, there's that noise again. Hold on. Let me put you on speaker. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. National TV four times. The yeah. Bears could easily be a 7-9 and nine team, 8-8, eight and 9-7, eight, and seven, uh, even with their schedule. The Raiders are on national TV Four times. Does anybody really think that Las Vegas is, you know, going to be rolling here? But it just shows the power of the market and the brand. Both those teams being on four times, and then you look at Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Tampa. When's the last time you were on national TV? Five times. So uh, Brady sells, man. The NFL oh, isn't stupid. No, absolutely not. Look, they, they get it. Like the, the league understands what sells. I mean, look, you talk about markets and and. What, what is getting some teams under the lights? I would argue the Giants comically suck. Monday Night Football, week one against Pittsburgh. Week seven, they play Thursday Night Football at Philly. The next week, ESPN Monday Night Football against the Bucks. They have three primetime games this year. They also have a 425 with the Cowboys. I mean, you're talking <laughs> – quarter of their schedule they're going to be essentially either in prime time flat out or a standalone game who the hell wants to watch the giants like but they're the giants so you know they're they're going to get that they're going to get you know that 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 prime billing um you know vegas i get it a little bit look it's a new stadium it's a new market they're going to sell the hell out of that thing they, they haven't played against the chiefs and sunday night football later in the year they haven't against the saints week two um, but yeah, I mean, does anyone think the Raiders are going eleven and five? No, I don't think so. Maybe it could be the big year for Daniel Jones, baby. Maybe. Year, two, 
It'd be fun to watch. I'd love to see it. I, I like the rivalry with Dwayne Haskins, who wanted to be picked there. And we had Haskins uh, recently talking to us. I was just thinking about that, that he would love to have been in New York. Who's going to be a better quarterback between those two? I think right. I'm taking Haskins, but okay. I'm uh, different. But I, I'm, I'm not strong on that opinion. So, game that you're most excited about, Matt Burham. Go for it. Uh, you said you didn't want to be home earlier. I'm not trying to be either, but I think I don't think I am making it. Look, the Chiefs and the Ravens on Monday Night Football Week 3. That is just going to be a fantastic game. Now, it will be weird if there's no fans there uh, and it's just an empty stadium and they're playing on Monday Night Football, but um, I just think those are the two best teams in football. I think, I think whoever wins that has a major leg up on the, on the number one seed. Um, you know, we never know how these things shake out. Everybody last year going into the season said it's going to be Kansas City and New England, the AFC title game. Nobody could stop either one of them. Well, New England didn't even get to the divisional round. So you never know how these things shake. But just looking at it, to me, that's the game of the year. I mean, I, I think, you know, the AFC, too, it's, it feels like it's such a two-horse race. Like, whoever wins that game just has such a massive advantage going forward. Uh, I think that's the game for me. I'm going Sunday, November 8th, under the lights in beautiful Tampa. The New Orleans Saints and Drew Brees come and call in against Brady. It's probably the last two times, or the last time these two will meet each other, right? Uh, what can Brady do in Tampa? What is it? What are they calling it? Tampa, Tampa Brady, Tampa Bay? Tampa Bay, yeah. Tampa Bay, baby. I mean, I'm fired up for, on the homer front for Brady's coming to Chicago, man. That's going to be sweet on a Thursday night. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if there's fans, I love you know, I love to uh, go there and not have to work one night and just go hang out and watch games of fans. That'd be nice. I mean, look, if they make some tickets available for that one, it would be interesting to see the actual market because people might actually pay for that even in the middle of a pandemic. We'll see. Uh, Brady, by the way, is undefeated against the Bears. Let's uh, let's move along here into the future. We go, Matt Bergeran. Will the NFL, you've already been on record, but I'll ask you the question because it's yep. on our fantastic rundown. Will the NFL play its full schedule this season? Yeah, I got a little ahead of myself earlier, but yes, I think they will. And I think the schedule's configuration tells you all you need to know. Like they, they put it together like it's any other year. I think the NFL firmly believes they're going to play these games. They're going to play them on time. Now, of course, look, things can change. Stuff can happen. The country, unfortunately, could have a situation come up that makes it even worse. But yes. I, I think they're going to play these games. I think they're going to play all 16. I think at some point there's going to be fans at these games. Um, but that is more of a just a gut feeling. So I think you're – I hope that I'm wrong, but I think that you are wrong. I think what we're the way we're going about this right now screams impatience and screams stupidity. And as much as the NFL wants to play, I don't think we're doing everything that we should be doing as a country right now to, to mitigate the virus. So I, I, I'm not saying that we're, I think one of the two is going to happen. We're either a going to start late or B there will be an interruption of a couple of weeks in the middle as they readjust to what exactly is going on. I think they'll end up getting it done and finishing the season. There's way too much money on the line, but I am skeptical that we're going to get into an NFL season on September, whatever the opener is. What is the opener for Rams? September. I should know that. So September the 10th, and then we're just going to run smooth. I, I would be shocked if it actually goes that way. I hope it does. Obviously, we could use it, but uh, I'm skeptical that it's going to go on. All right, let's do Jadavian Clowney. What do you think happens with him? For I think he's got anything left. 
I think he's got plenty of left. I, I just think he's going to sign a one-year deal. I, I don't think he wants to, but he's going to. Um, I think he's going to Philly or Seattle. That's, I, I would think at this point that Philly almost makes more sense. Like the Seahawks, look, if they want him back that badly, he'd be back. Now, maybe there's just, the market just dries up completely on him. He has no point, you know, no point of recourse. He just has to crawl back. Look, I, I remember last year, okay, when he was on the franchise tag in Houston. And I spoke to multiple sources with knowledge of that situation, and all of them said the same thing. The Texans like him as a player. They're not paying him $20 million a year, ever, ever. They will trade him if he doesn't come off that number. Well, <laughs> he got traded. Um, and he, again, from my understanding, going into free agency, wanted to get you know north of $20 million a year. Well, you had three and a half sacks. Like, no one is paying you $20 million a year to have three and a half sacks. The guys have that in the game. Nobody is doing that. So my, my advice to Jay Van Clowney, take a one-year deal. Go somewhere where you think you can really succeed. Selfishly, don't even care about stopping the run. Just go after the quarterback. Go get yourself a double-digit sack season, by the way, for the first time in your career. And there you go. You'll go. You'll make $100 million. Believe me. But as of right now, I don't think he's got – I think the Eagles and the Seahawks are the leaders in the clubhouse. Titans are there looming as well. So I'll throw out two other teams for you. Tennessee, I think, is viable. And I think the Giants could be viable. What I would do if, if I was Jadavian Clowney, I would instruct my agent, get me an incentive-laden deal. Yep. I will take, I'll take a low base, but let's load it up here and, and some, make it as doable as possible for me to get close to what I think I can get paid. That's what I would do. And then you, you know, from there, you obviously hope you get a long-term deal next year. But he, he should be able to get a ton of incentives put in that contract. And, and if I was a team, hey – I'll give you an extra $3 million or whatever it is if you get to 10 sacks. No problem. Happy to pay you for that. No, If you think you can do it, it's a big-time leap. And I shouldn't – I mean, when I say done, I, I sort of bet done is like a, a prime-time impact player, which he hasn't really been for – He's I, never – look, Jadavion Clowney's problem, in my opinion, he is a guy who will make splash plays. He's very good against the run, always has been. Okay, but you don't get paid in the NFL for being great against the run. You get paid for getting the quarterback. And there are stretches where he just disappears in that regard. He does not get to the quarterback. And then, all the, you know, I've, I've read so many think pieces. I'm like, well, yeah, he only had three and a half sacks. He had a lot of pressures. Who cares? Like, like, look, it's good to get pressure. I'm not saying that, but like, you're not getting paid because you had 40 pressures. Like, you're getting paid because you, you sacked the quarterback. Like, it's like saying, well, Listen, I, you know, I, I got 130 targets. I drew coverage away from the air. Yeah, but did you catch the ball? Like, I mean, at some point, like, did you get first downs? It's like the receiver who has 100 catches but had, like, you know, 900. It's like Jarvis Landry, right? Jarvis Landry has a million receptions every year. But, like, struggles have 1,000 yards. I mean, at some point, who cares if you caught a ball for seven yards on a bubble screen? It just doesn't matter. Like, you, I can go get Joe Blow in the second round and catch a bubble screen. Now, Clowney's a very good player. But very good player and being worth $20-plus million a year is two, those two different things. Right. You, we're looking for some jump off the page here. And there's nuance here. There is. Like, how much attention are you drawing? And what's your overall value to the defense? All that stuff. But I think he's a little on the inflated very, side here. He's a very good player, but he's not a great player. He's not worth Aaron Donald money. 
He's not worth Frank Clark or Demarcus Lawrence money. He's not. Like those guys, they they bring down the quarterback when the ball's still in his hands. Those guys, and they're good against the run too. Like it's just well, Clowney's very good. I think a team would be happy to have him. I think any team that knows football is getting a, a damn good player. But it's a lot of money to ask when you got three and a half sacks last year. You're just not going to get it, and that's why he's sitting there looking for a, a, a team right now. Bears don't have the money to do it, but he'd look awful good in Chicago alongside Mack and, and Robert Quinn. That's Those stats would start flying up if he ends up on a team like that. But let's move on to uh, Patrick Mahomes here, and we'll give our best shot here at what his contract is going to look like and what he should do, because i got some options here for him at Verim. What, what do you think the number is, first off? Okay, so I, I think that – he could and should get a deal about five years, 200 million bucks, 150 million guaranteed. It'd be records across the board in terms of guaranteed, total value, uh, average annual value, I mean, all, the whole deal. That's 40 million a year. And I think 150 million guaranteed, I mean, basically get fully guaranteeing the first four years of the deal. Um, and then at that point, you're, you're extending him anyway. Right. So it's not like he's got to worry about you know getting caught. I mean, unless he has some horrible injury luck or something, he's not getting caught. So, um, the question with Mahomes is going to be, does he take less money to keep them in a position to keep winning? Now, when I was in Indianapolis, I ran into Lee Steinberg, who is on, on the team of agency. Chris Cabot is his lead agent, but Lee Steinberg is, is, you know, part of that group. And Lee basically said to me, um, look, you know, we wanted to get paid. We wanted to get paid what he's worth. But we also understand the quarterbacks are, are judged by championships, and we want to make sure the Chiefs keep a good team around. Now, I tweeted that, and that, it got a lot of attention. And I think that the point to take out of that is, you know, Lee said they want him to get paid, and, I, and they do want him to get paid. They're not going to take a hometown discount. But I think that the, the point that Lee made, and I thought astutely so, was, look, maybe there's a way to structure this where we can kind of make all parties as happy as can be. Now, it's hard to structure a $40 million a year hit, but I think you know they're, they're apparently open and willing to try to do so. So, first off, I think $40 million is like bare minimum. Like five years, $200 million, that's like a guarantee. Can he, can he go up from there? And the guaranteed money at the 150 sounds sounds about right. But if I'm a Holmes, you're, I'm wondering, does it make more sense – Let's do a Kirk Cousins style deal. Three years. Give me, I don't know, forty-five a year, or or whatever it is, fully guaranteed. So now he's a free agent again after the new collective bargaining agreement, and who knows what you can get paid at that point? Maybe he's getting sixty million a year. I mean, you're, you're you can bet on yourself, and it's not like you're not going to have money for your kids, your grandkids, and your grandkids' grandkids at that point. You're, you're just betting on trying to have money that you can buy the entire world, which yeah. in his case might not be a bad gamble. It, no, it might not be, Carm. I, I agree with you. Look, the other part of this, is, and this is just speculation on my part, but it's just interesting to think about. We're watching the last dance right now, okay? And we've talked about how Pippen's criminally underpaid. Jordan got just an unbelievable deal at the end of his career. I mean, a deal that took almost 20 years for another player to get $30 million a year. Um, but throughout part of his career, and correct me if I'm wrong, you are the Bulls aficionado here. I believe you know, Jordan took a fairly marked deal from most of his career in Chicago. And part of that 
I'm sure, because he was the ultimate pitch man. I mean, Nike, McDonald's, everything else. I'm not saying Patrick Mahomes is Michael Jordan. What I am saying is he's a great player who is as squeaky clean as it gets off the field that we know at this point. He is going to have endorsements until the end of time. Like, he is Oakley right now. He's State Farm. Uh, I believe he's with Adidas, if memory serves right. Um, but he's he's going to make a fortune off the field. More, than, more so than he's ever going to make on it. So my question is, is that something that factors in with this? Does he say, look, you know what? I'm making so much off the field that I'm willing to take a little less on the field. I don't know if that's the case. It may not be at all, but it is something to consider. There's rare, There are the rare few guys who make so much in endorsements that they actually have the option of saying, maybe I'll take less actually playing because I, I, I just don't need to make my full nut there. I can make it off the field. I don't know that that's what he'd like to do. Maybe it's not. And, and you know, good for him. Get every cent you can. Um, but it's just something to consider. I mean, the, it's just such a crazy sport. So when you take any dollars off the table, even when the dollars are that crazy and you're set for life no matter what, it's it's still, to me, a, a, a significant gamble. You know, back to the, to the Michael thing. Jamie's Log, Progressive, The Harrington's Backyard, Day 27, 3.33 a.m. 3.33, all those threes mean something, or I may be losing it. Been camped in the Harrington's Backyard for 27 days now, proving that Progressive has 24-7 protection. They told me every day they understand what 24-7 protection means. Think I'm finally getting through to them. 3.33. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. He signed an eight-year, $28 million deal after, I believe, his fourth season in the league. And Jerry Reinsdorf was in the, the negotiation with Jerry Krause and David Fox trying to get him $4 million a year. And and, and Reinsdorf's like, I, I, you know, listen, I know he's the greatest pitch man and, and selling tickets and all, but I'm, I can't pay him $4 million a year. And which is just crazy. Right. And so you think back on it, like if Michael, OK, fine, you can't pay me four million a year. I'm going to be a free agent in three years. We'll see what you're paying me then. Yeah, uh, I'll just I'll just bet on myself. But, you know, he had had the foot injury and all that type of stuff. And back to Mahomes, lot riskier proposition playing football and playing that position. And he's yep. not a big guy. And he does play at least somewhat at times a risky game where he could get clipped. So I but. If you want to be crazy and bet on yourself, it'd be an interesting thing if you was if you would consider just doing a shorter term deal, fully guaranteed for a ton of money, and I'm gonna then I'll be a free agent again. Either way, he's not going anywhere. We know that. Uh, give me a sleeper team, 2020, Matt Ferdinand. Love the Cardinals. Love them. Would not be shocked if they made the playoffs. Would not be shocked if they contended for that division. Uh, I think they're going to be good. They were good at the end of last year. Kyler Murray is a good young player, quarterback. Kingsbury looks like he's at least going to be a very intriguing head coach with a lot of upside. DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, that that's the heist of all time. Like DeAndre Hopkins is, is on a Hall of Fame track. 27 years old, he's a great player. He's still a Fitzgerald, despite being 88 years old, had almost 900 receiving yards last year. Kenyon Drake was really good for them. My biggest fear with them is the offensive line. Their offensive line scares the hell out of me. That line is even decent, and Murray being so uh, uh, athletic – helps them in, in, in that regard. I think this team can play. I think the team's really good. Like, the defense, look, they got some holes, but they drafted Isaiah Simmons. They've got Patrick Peterson. They've got Chandler Jones. They signed Jordan Phillips. Like, 
you could do a hell of a lot worse than having those are your top four guys. So, like, I, I don't think they win the division. I think Seattle and the Niners are going to sit there and battle it out. I, I think those two teams are better. But especially now with the seventh team in each, each conference, like, I love the Cardinals. I think they're going to be good. So, I'm going to throw the Denver Broncos at you here, Verderem. Uh Drew Locke, can you do it? I'm not sure. But you look at that schedule. Tennessee at home to start the season. You're at Pittsburgh. Who knows what the Steelers are going to be. Brady coming to Denver at the Jets could stink. At New England could very well stink. Miami at home. So now I'm through week six, and I haven't really – I have not played a primetime team. And then, you okay, you get wild by the Chiefs. But then even after that, Atlanta – the Raiders, you got to play. You have to play the Saints, and you got to go to Kansas City. But you get Buffalo at home, tough game, but it's at home. I don't know. I think the Broncos could be a big time sleeper in the AFC West. They could be. They could be. Look, I, I think of any team in the AFC West, they have the best shot of, of you know getting the ten and six or something outside Kansas City. I, I think it all for me with them. It comes down to lock. If he can play, they'll be good. If he can't, you know, like every other team without a quarterback, they're sunk. But I'm fascinated to see how it plays out for him. I'll throw you one more in there. The Browns got so much hype last year. No one is saying anything about Cleveland now. And I don't know. I think they've gotten at least slightly better, right? And their schedule is doable. So I don't know. Maybe if that, but that comes back to what basically you just said about Locke. Baker, are you going to take a step forward here? Or are you just going to turn into a disaster of a pick and people are going to be shaking their heads and you're going to go – you know, closer to the Johnny Manziel route than anything else. That would be enormously disappointing. Uh, all right, let's do our in or out here, Verderam. And we start with the Chicago Bears and Nick Foles. Week one, is Nick Foles the Bears starter, in or out? In. I think he absolutely is. And I'll tell you right now, the second they decline Mitchell Trubisky's option, uh, yeah, he's starting. Like They've got him locked up for three years. Like, why the hell would they start Trubisky? The second they did that, they have no reason now to give a, give one iota about Mitchell Trubisky. Zero. They're not tied to him anymore. See, I mean, I if I had to do in or out, which is the point of the segment, I'm going to have to say in. But I'm skeptical here, man. He's Trubisky is still their number two overall draft pick. This is his last shot at it. It's not pretty for the Bears to give up on him, even at this point. I mean, good job in getting uh, a much of a viable replacement here. Not a superstar, but somebody who's going to pick up the offense quickly and has proven that he can, you know, come off the bench and do it. And, and Nick to the point of winning a Super Bowl and beating Tom Brady, and also by the way, beating the Bears in Soldier Field against that defense, which was phenomenal uh, in the double doink game. But I, I there's. They want Mitchell Trubisky still to be good, so it's. Uh, I'll go. I'll go with the coin flip and say full starts. But you know, it's a, it's a huge question right now. Like, what does training camp look like? Are we going to have preseason games? They're, they want to have an open competition. Will they be able to have it? If they don't, does that lean things towards Mitch? You know, all that is is very much on the table right now. Let's do Dak Prescott. Will he be signed by July fifteenth? In or out? I'm in. But like inching more towards out by the day, I don't understand what they're doing. I, I just don't get it. Like they paid Zeke a fortune. They paid Amari Cooper a hundred million dollars. Now they did that because they grossly mismanaged that entire situation and ended up being up against a rock and a hard place. 
but they've just been waiting and waiting. And like Jerry and Stephen Jones just can't stop talking about it publicly. They just can't stop talking about Dak, Pres- Dak Prescott's deal and how much they think he's worth. It's starting to reek of, you know, we are not anywhere near where his value is in his own mind. And at some point here, Mahomes is going to sign and Watson's going to sign. They're both doing extension or they, they can sign. They're eligible for an extension. At some juncture, when Mahomes signs, like the ceiling is set and the floor is set by Goff because there's no way in hell Prescott's taking less than what Goff got. So you're probably looking realistically at about $37 million a year. And if the Cowboys don't want to pay him, then fine. But then I don't know what the plan is going forward. It's not like they've got some other guy in his team who it's like, oh, yeah, he's great. And I think Prescott's pretty good. Like, is Prescott not a top 10 quarterback in the NFL? I don't think he's great, but are there 10 guys better than him? Uh, you can make an argument. I mean, it's I don't I don't know if it's a good – he's certainly not a drop-dead uh, top who, who 10 would, guy. But let, let, let me rephrase. Who would you definitely take over? Okay, hang on. Let's let's do the list here. The next, I gotta, next three to five years, because I'm not talking one year. That's too short sighted. Sure. Uh, all right. Who would I take over over Dak for the next three? Let's go the next three years. Three years. Three years. Who would you take? All right. Hold on. Hold on. I'm pulling it up so I have my 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 list right in front of me. All right. Who would I take for the next three years? I would. Oh man. I I'd still even at this point, I still might take Drew Brees. But okay, Lamar. Wilson, Mahomes, uh, Watson, Rodgers. I still would take Matt Ryan over him. Okay, that's uh, fair. But okay, so maybe you're, maybe I'm, I'm falling off here. Because that's six, and I don't disagree with any of those six for the record. Yeah. Am I taking Kirk Cousins over him? I take, I, I, I take Matthew Stafford over him. Okay. I you get him out I, of I'm tr- worried about get- the injuries. I'm a Stafford guy. Would you take Wentz over him? Complete coin flip for me, right there. Same with me. Same. So with me. I mean, he's in he's in a coin flip with a lot of guys. But okay, you can make a very fair argument that he's yeah. t- top. top Would 10. you take Kyler Murray over him? <sighs> That's tough. I haven't seen, but, but I but I would. I would. You would. Okay. Yeah. But, but my point is. You know, if you're the Cowboys, unless unless you think you're going to just nail the draft, which, let's face it, when's the last time they drafted a good quarterback early on, right? I mean, Aikman. So, like, Romo was an undrafted free agent, and Dak was in the middle round. So, if you're the Cowboys, are you really that, – that the plan you want to take? Look, I get it. Look, I don't think he's an elite quarterback, but I do think he's very good. And if you build a really good team around them, which they have, like I, I think they, they are good enough to get to a Super Bowl with him. I, I, Jimmy Garoppolo just went to the Super Bowl. Would you take Dak, Dak over Jimmy Garoppolo? Coin flip, but yes, I would. I'd take Jake yeah. Dak. So, I, but that being said, like the Cowboys are playing with, with fire. So who knows what they're going to do? So here's my question. Uh, you're, 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 you're the Dolphins. Let's go back to the draft. Okay. Dallas calls you up. We will trade you Dak for the fifth and eighteenth pick. You doing it? Sorry, say it one more time for what picks? Uh, for, for for number five overall, number eighteen. We'll give Ooh. you Dak. I wouldn't only because I just don't know what I'm getting medically with Tua. So, okay, you're saying that if you're Dallas, you wouldn't do it. If I'm but Dallas, I would not do it. Right, but if you're the Dolphins, I would have done it. In a heart. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Like, look, 
if you're de- like if I'm Miami, I'm making that deal. I've got my quarterback. I'm going to pay him. I'm good. Now, if I'm Dallas, I'm I'm making that call. If you're not paying him, yes, what, agree. Then 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 get that fifth pick. Take Tua. Sign Andy Dalton like you did, and okay. Now you're not paying Dak, which you don't think he's worth 37, 38, whatever it's going to be. But right. they didn't do that. And so now they're sitting – so it's just bizarre to me. That that trade was sitting there ready to be made, and they didn't do it. They, the, the Dolphins had three first-round picks. Maybe you don't get all three, but you probably get two of them. You so definitely, I, get, definitely get five and 30. Maybe you get five and 18. If you're the Cowboys, the, the, the witching hours come here. I mean, you're going to have to do something here in the next two months with him. You're going to have to. Because if you don't sign him and he plays on the tag and he's good, well, guess what? <laughs> now, I mean, you can tag him again. You can do that. But now it's at 120% of the number that it is this year, which is $31 million. So essentially, it's about $35 million. It's a $35 million cap hit. Like, that's an enormous cap hit. And if I'm back at that point, I'm like, look, man. You're making me an over-the-moon offer, or I'm just playing this season out, and I'm just going to go cash in under the new CBA. I'm just going to go get $250 million. I don't care. So every second they wait, and I'm telling you, man, if Mahomes signs, and if I'm back, I'm just waiting for him to sign now. I'm going, okay, I know I'm not getting Mahomes' money. I know that. I'm fine with that. But you better believe I'm getting right below him. I'm, I'm, I'm coming in right where Deshaun Watson comes in. Yep. All right, let's go on to the Patriots. And uh, our guy, Jared Stidham, will he start 10 games for the New England Patriots, in or out? I'm out on this. And, and they've, been, they've been selling it like none other. They love Jared Stidham. And I think they do like him. But what happens if Jared Stidham sucks? They're just going to ride that out all year long? Like, I, I know I've heard so many people with this tank for Trevor. So they are not tanking. That franchise, there is no way Belichick is intentionally going to and 14. That is not going to happen. Plus, they're just too talented. They're not going to do that anyway. So, look, I, I have a feeling Stidham's going to go in. He's going to play average ball. Belichick will do his best with McDaniels to hide him a little bit. And I think Brian Hoyer's playing at least half the season. I just think at some point Hoyer's going to come in. Belichick knows him. He likes him. I, I think I think Hoyer's going to play more than people think. And I think, I think Hoyer is every bit the reason they're not going after Cam Newton as much as Stidham is. Um, so, I... I will say under. Oh, if Stidham comes in, he plays great, proves me wrong, God bless him. But I, I, I just do not think that is going to happen. Yeah, I got the under here too. And can just somebody tell me one more time why the Patriots are not interested in Cam Newton when this is your quarterback situation? Don't tell me Brian Hoyer's good. We all know that Brian Hoyer can't play. He is not good. He is not good. So what? But you know, so so yeah. what? But, but just to build off your point real quick, like so. Not only the Patriots, why is nobody in on Cam Newton? I mean, is, is the, the, the only answer I have at this point is that teams must just medically think he's shot, right? Like, because if it's not that, what else? Is, like, he's clearly better than half the guys starting in the league when he's healthy. So what else is it? I mean, he's not that old. He's 30. To me, it's got to be you just think medically he's just cooked. And maybe I'm just gullible guy here, but... I'm watching him work out. Dude looks healthy to me. I, I'm, I'm buying in. I think he's going to have a resurgent season, uh, which brings us, by the way, to Cam. Do, do we think he'll start four games in 2020, in or out? I'm still going to say in. 
I think he's going to, I think he might wait till some team has an injury at quarterback, needs him to come in and play. If I'm him, and I don't know that this team's interested to, to just be upfront about it. Like, I'm calling Jacksonville and saying, look, I know damn well I'm beating out Mike Glennon, even if I have one shoulder. Like, I'm beating Mike Glennon. Mike Glennon's awful. And Gardner Minshew, he may turn out to be good. If he is, I'll, I'll be you know, a, pro, a pro. I'll back him up. I'll help him out. And if he's not good if, or he gets hurt, then I'll come in and play. And you know what? I'll reestablish my value. And if I'm the Jaguars, I'm like, yeah, that sounds fantastic. Because I don't ever want to see Mike Glennon on a football field. So I will take the over, but I got to say, I, I am surprised. He is just sitting there on the vine, and there have been no bites. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. Yeah, Jacksonville makes a ton of sense. And I've seen it like some people speculate, well, he should go out to Seattle and he'd be a perfect fit if Russell Wilson gets hurt. If I'm Cam Newton, I am not going anywhere close to Seattle where Wilson rarely misses time. Uh, that's just not what I would do. So I think you're, what you actually said makes a ton of sense as far as let's wait this out, man. Let's figure out uh, – Perhaps somebody gets injured in, in training camp and he can step in. But Cam, Cam can play for somebody. Maybe it ends up being in Tampa Bay and Brady, you know, all of a sudden falls off here and gets cracked. You know, being a team. A dark horse team. I have not heard anybody say. What about the Bills? That's a great call. Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean, they know him from their days in Carolina together. Like, what if, what if they just did a look? Allen's our guy. I'm not saying I'm not saying there's a controversy, but if if this season starts out, we they have real expectations this year. They're not some cute little story anymore. If the Bills don't win that division, it's a failure of a season. What happens if Josh Allen doesn't improve and he's completing 55 percent of his passes come week eight, and they're sitting there at three and four? Like then what? Because that, that coaching staff, they know him. They know him as well as anybody. Yeah, and throw in look. There's the potential that he doesn't get better, even though he did make a nice leap last year. But perhaps he goes backwards. And, look, even though he's a big dude, plays out of the pocket all the time. Yeah, he's Guys, one hit away from I – mean, I mean, he's big, but he's not a linebacker. Right. I mean, he – so I, I think that makes actually a ton of sense too. Cam's going to play – I'm in on this, by the way. He's going to start more than four games. Uh, last one here, Matt. Most intriguing storyline going into the summer. What is it for you? Well, I'm actually going to switch mine from the outline because I know we, I, in the outline I talked about quarterback contracts, and we went pretty deep into that. So another one for me would be just how does the NFL go forward in terms of mini camps, training camp, um, and then in a preseason game. Like to me, if I'm the NFL, I'm just saying, look, I don't, I don't care about the OTAs in mini camp. I don't care. You can do them virtually, whatever. It's fine. It's basically just a bunch of guys running around in shorts and a T-shirt anyway. And then I would say, look, training camp, there are no fans, period. End of discussion. You, and everybody stays in their own buildings. You're not running around. You're not going, you know, the, the freaking Cowboys going to California every year. No, you're staying in Dallas. Like, you're having a training camp in your own buildings. That's where you're practicing. And I'll tell you right now, I would, I would already be telling these teams, if there is even a whiff of coronavirus in August, you're not playing any preseason games. You're not. The schedule, you, you have teams that you have 90 guys on a team before they cut them down right before week one, 
you can schedule scrimmages against yourselves. Like there's just no reason to run out, you know, a, a, a team again, all the way across country to play another team. Why? There's no point. Uh, I am very curious to see how the NFL handles this summer. Yeah, that's uh, exactly where I was going, man. How is this going to play? What are you going to do? What's the rhetoric going to be from Roger Goodell? It's sweet that you guys went ahead and had your draft, and there was never even a thought of not having the draft, but you know they were in a totally different position than the NBA and the NHL where you guys, you know, you you knew where teams were slotted. So that's all cool, and it's great that you were able to set up the basement deal and everybody did it from their, you know, whatever, homestead, seeing the families, all of it. But you can't do that with the season. And as much as you want to be the big, bad NFL and the, the, the rules, you know, you, you, you create the rules, this is a different animal. So, uh, yeah, how is this going to go down? It's, it's going to be super interesting. And, and fingers, you know, hugely crossed here that uh, they're smart, we get it going, and we get some football entertainment, man, because uh, more than anything else, selfishly, it is good for business, baby. We, we need that NFL, man. So, uh, yeah, I, I hope it happens. That would be great. If it doesn't happen, it would be very sad. I need football. <laughs> I, need football. I, I, don't, I don't care about basketball because I'm a Knicks fan. And the Devils suck to high heaven. But I need, I need my baseball because the A's are, you know, a contender this year. And, and I, I desperately need football. I, I need it. I want it. I can't live without it. Well, on that note, as we get on out of here, Vertoram, one of the assignments that I've had during the virus is to figure out the top five teams for every NBA team. And let me tell you something. Finding five Knicks teams to put on there was a challenge, pal. They, they suck. I mean, five Knicks teams. Well, 70 and 73 are the obvious ones. Yeah. They went to the finals in, what, 72. So that, that team's on there. And then after that, I mean, if you're just going by how far they got, I mean, the 94 99 teams got to the finals. But I don't know if those are the two best teams. The 94 probably is. They were really good. And then... I don't know, maybe some team early on and they're like Paul Arizon or something like they sucked. I mean, I, I, I have my own bias takes like I like to get different eras in there. So when I do 70 and 73, I'm not putting 72 in there too enough with that team because you got represented twice. Um, so well, what, I want what are you finding the 84 Knicks with Bernard King? That's exactly right. Oh I love God. that. They they do. They, they beat the Pistons, which was a great team in the playoffs. And then they went on and they took on a phenomenal Boston Celtics team and pushed them to seven. That 84, that, now they were a little thin, that 84 team, but I, I put them in my top five. Maybe I was a little too generous on the 93 and 94 because in 93, you had Michael Jordan's Bulls down two games to none, man. You, that, that team was, that was a very, very good basketball team that very well could have beaten the Suns and taken the whole thing. Let, and then, let me close this out on this, okay? I hate Charles Smith. I hate him. <laughs> It was my first year being a fan of the team. I was a little kid, but I do remember it. That weak SOB, he's underneath the basket. You're at home. All you've got to do, two hands on the ball, you're six foot 11, go up strong. Worst case scenario, you get fouled there. And he's trying to like lay it in while he's getting mauled, legally mauled, but mauled by three different balls. Like, go up with it, you soft SOB. He cost them that series because they never would have lost Game Seven at home. The, the, the officials would have just—they they would have been in the next pocket. Come get, just ask Hugh Hollins about it the next year. So I, I'm enraged by everything that went on. 
I'm glad that you didn't name it like most Nick fans name it, and they screamed that Smith was fouled. I'm like, where was the foul? He, wasn't, he like, was not fouled. He, he was not. <laughs> and he was trying to like lay it in. Look, I get that if you're a guard in that spot. Just 6'11". Just jump. Like, oh, my God. The, the other part about that play, too, is that the third time he went up, first time he was blocked by Horace, then he was stripped by yeah. Jordan. The third one, he rejected himself on the bottom of the rim. I mean, at the bottom of the backboard. He sucks. He absolutely sucks. But I will say, I've enjoyed watching The Last Dance. I thought Jordan getting emotional at the end of the seventh episode, talking about how competitive he is, that was incredible. That was was the best part. I also think it's very clear that a lot of his teammates, like, I don't know that I'd necessarily say that they love them, but they love playing with him. Like, and I think that's the ultimate compliment for a guy like him. Yeah. Better to be respected than liked, and... MJ was most definitely that. Will Purdue. Let's get it straight. He was an asshole. Uh, so, but all right. By the way, Will Purdue's on the uh, Windy City podcast. If you want to do some extra podcast time in your day, so thank you for staying all the way to the end with us today. Burram, great to see you. You as well, sir. Enjoy. Uh, let's let's just go to bed at night dreaming about the NFL schedule 2020. Right. We will see you next time. This podcast is brought to you by Fansided. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.